Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and on Instagram. Well, I'm delighted to be joined this evening on the line by Shawnee O'Leary in Bentley. Shawnee, thanks for joining us. Good evening, great to be here. And of Giggles in, where are you Giggles in, Clamel or Lismore? Clamel today now, yeah. Clamel today, what a great, what a great celebrate, place to celebrate be. With all the, with all the premier, premier county fellow men. <laughs> fellow men, yeah. I, and I'm here in, um, in Hawthorne here in Melbourne. Shawnee's just back from Brisbane. Very, very busy executive. Um, couldn't make it across this <laughs> evening, but he did manage to fit us in on the line and got an early flight back. So thanks very much for squeezing us in, Shawnee. No problem, as the, the podcast is on the top of my agenda today. Yeah. I got out of the meeting early, got down here as quick as I could. I wonder if Kenny had won, would, it, would you have been as quick to get back? But anyway, we'll see. Um, look, busy, busy weekend just gone by. We have a, a minor other than hurling final and a senior other final to have a look at. Obviously, we'll be looking at the Kenny Tip match in detail. We also have um, the Sunday game team of the year, which Giggles and Shawnee have some some feedback on. We're going to have a look at that. Um, but the main focus of today will be will be the other than final. So let's get right into it. I can't wait. Um, let's have a look at this this game that was on Sunday. Liam, just one, one thing before you go. Oh, I just got a text yeah. in as well. Text in, go a bit for of feedback. No, you know, um, it's from it's from a, sorry, it's from a Mary from Dixborough, right? So she said to tell that son of mine that his son Henry is actually thirty three percent Cork, not one hundred percent Kilkenny. So there you go, Liam. <laughs> there you go. That's a bit great. Of feedback from your man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, Giggles. That's great. Thanks for um, giving us that one. That's great. Great to know. <laughs> All right, go on. What's up next? Our final. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and there's, there's nothing like coming back there, like. It wasn't a fancy open top bus, I think, about Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and up in the back of the lorry and off down, it's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Richard Duggan's already won't be needed this week, unfortunately. <laughs> um, look, where do you start? Um, Giggles just put some structure around this conversation for us, but I'm sure we, we'll diverge from time to time. Giggles, you did message me just before the start. We were on to each other on the WhatsApp about what was the story with Adrian Mullen, and I said, no, he'll be playing, he's fine. And he did play, but he wasn't fine, it transpired. He'd been in the hospital during the week. Um, and that was... Definitely a blow straight up from the onset for Kilkenny, but you have to say, myself and Johnny were watching it together here with another friend of ours, Will Coogan. Um, Kilkenny got out of the blocks, unbelievable, and what a start! I was absolutely delighted with the first twenty minutes. Yeah, I think I think Kilkenny <clears throat> imposed their high pressure game on Tipperary in the first twenty minutes, and added to that, then you also had a huge element of nerves from the Tipperary players. What seemed to me. And you had a huge element of the weather playing a part in what transpired. And I think that that led to a couple of different things. One, turnovers. Two, Tipperary trying to play the short passing game in what was monsoon rain at the time. That was not working. And when you've got two or three hungry kicking lads running around you and you're trying to play that, what we call it, a tippy-tappy hurling in the rain, it just wasn't working for Tipperary. And that what, what that led to was turnovers for Kilkenny. Um, and in fairness to Kilkenny, they went at... 
to Tipperary defence. It wasn't just tapping over eight points. It very well easily could have been two six to three points as opposed to eight points to three points after 20 minutes. But for an unbelievable hook from Dan McGrath and probably a bit of cynical bowling from the Tipperary backline. Yeah, and it was amazing looking on. The start they got, I was like, this is absolutely brilliant. And especially, like, it was very like the Limerick start, you know. But the one thing we said when we were watching it, Kilkenny didn't have the scores on the board. They had done all the hurling. And like you alluded to there, the John McGrath hook on Colin Fenley was phenomenal. In hindsight, you look back, Colin Fenley wanted to be shortening the hurl there. If that fell to Richie Hogan or TJ Reid, you'd imagine that was just a goal. Um, Colin has been great and got yeah. those two goals in, in matches earlier, but they were all those kind of ones where he batted him in. But he got caught badly, I thought, there. But you couldn't have been happier with Kilkenny. Now, Giggles, you will have a greater appreciation of the game, obviously, because you were at it. Like me and Shani were obviously watching on the telly here in Melbourne. And I don't think you could get an appreciation for the weather and the conditions on the television, even though it, it looked shocking. But I think, obviously, you were there in the flesh. By all accounts, it, it, it was... We know Hurling is a very hard game to play. Excuse me. Never mind the torrential rain. And it wasn't just torrential rain. It was actually freezing cold as well, which made it even worse. And at one stage, I think, well, I don't know, it was a TJ actually who I saw running back out to his position at wing forward. And this was when Kilkenny were in the attendancy. And you could nearly see him shivering. It was that cold and it was that wet. Now, thankfully, I was absolutely poxed. The, the people two rows in front of me were getting absolutely drowned. And I was just under that section of the lower Cusack where there's a bit of a roof. Oh, and I wasn't a massive difference. So a massive difference. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'd say, I'd say there might have been 10,000 people leave the match with 15 minutes into the game to go outside to watch on the television it was that wet like leaving the Northern Ireland final because they couldn't cope with the rain and the cold so it was terrible for the players they're all soft they're all tipping tip kicking supporters I'd say wouldn't you say <laughs> good man Shani that's your first contribution of the day and oh, you're, off well, to an, you're off to an absolute flyer well, I say it's well, probably to be honest though no, I'll cut you off there Nolan because um, just like as you said there about um, Colin Finley coming in on that goal I mean the last two games I can barely hear you Sean. you want to speak up a bit there the last the last two games he took that extra step in to come in on the keeper and have that bat I think you know on hindsight it's easy to analyse it now but like you're right he should have shortened up the hurley but you know he's no, come in that time yeah but they were, that was, they were different chances where he had got the ball no, direct no, no. and ran yeah, yeah, oh, so I'm saying yeah, he, no. he got this ball it wasn't he was never going to run in bat I'm not saying it was a run in bat opportunity I'm saying a, short, a shortness of the hurler and if he hit a lower high it was a goal like simple as you know unless Hogan pulled off an amazing save I'm just saying he he went for a full swing of the hurl from that far out that's of course hindsight hindsight's great in this instance I'm, not, I'm just I'm saying agree- but that's a goal in his way I'm agreeing with William yeah. and that's what I'm saying I'm saying it's just funny like you know when he was in that situation in the last two games he would have taken that step in you know, to get onto that bat, like, and it was just funny that he didn't do it that time. Mm. And and the, the hook from John McGrath was phenomenal for him to be back there in the first place. Just shows you the mentality of him from the off, I guess. He probably wanted to set down the marker from being sent off in the semi-final and you just knew straight away from that hook he was on and he was switched, you know, switched and ready to go. Yeah, and I, I think then, look, obviously... As it transpired then, as we all know, Tipperary got that goal. Um, and it was kind of a cruel blow to Kilkenny. I was a Kilkenny supporter, obviously, looking on that. Kilkenny kind of had all the momentum. And all of a sudden, a break of a ball, and Tipperary overturned it really, really well. And it was a, like it was an absolutely brilliant finish. And then, obviously, you know, Tipperary probably were on top there for a good period of 10 minutes, Giggles, would you say? Yeah, well... I think I think the, I didn't see this now in real time at the match, but the Sunday game highlighted it very well. The switch 
where they switched Parik Maher and Seamus Kennedy was paramount to this goal. If Seamus Kennedy had been wing back on Walter as he had been for the first 22 or three minutes, he wouldn't have caught that ball. Parik Maher caught an amazing ball, gave the hand pass out. The space opened up, so Tipperary got into their groove, into their game plan where they used the space. They allowed, I think it was, uh, now Lamar went up, broke it down. John McGrath or Jason Ford, I can't remember, one of the blue helmets picked it up. The two Kilkenny lads went towards him. Yep. Was a forward and he popped it back over. And then after that, like I thought Niall Amaro was Tipperary's best player in the first 25 minutes because he won two or three puckouts. He was on the ball. He was trying to do things when their other five forwards weren't really doing that much. But he went in through and sold forward two or three times. And he did what every good forward do. Hit it off the ground. The pitch greasy was surface. absolutely yeah. solid, but greasy surface, as he said. And poor o- o Murphy didn't have any chance. And literally, it was it was like a bullet to the to the leg, let's say, not to the heart of the Kikani team, because they had done all the hurling, and suddenly they found themselves level and losing momentum because Tipper got the goal. But it's funny, even when that goal went in, right? Like I, I knew as soon as he got it, forward he was done because forward he like was literally turning left and turning right. He was turned inside out, you know. Yeah. And it was is a fantastic finish. But I was still actually kind of all right. Do you know what? Tipper always going to Tipper aren't just going to sit there. Kenny just going to run over the top of them for a full thirty five minutes. Like that wasn't going to happen. And I was like, right, we're going in here now. It's level, or we could be a point down. Grand. Do you know what I mean? Like we're actually yeah. like I'm. I was actually fairly happy. Couldn't be happier with where they're up to. Obviously, conceding the goal was a sucker punch. But then obviously the, the sending off Richie Hogan and this has been talked to death on social media Sunday game Sunday game that night and in fairness I know Shani you listened to it Richie Hogan which was unbelievable really went on to off the ball and was talking to Joe Malai for like 30 minutes about the oh, incident yeah. and also about just his injuries in general that he went into the game with a torn medial ligament in his knee since the Limerick match and yeah. managed to lie now which is phenomenal and the fact that that was kept under wraps as well is even it's crazy stuff but look yeah, I think just going back in that as well, Liam, you know, do you said, like, I guess back at, looking back in the, the other games where Kikini, I guess, beat teams who were, you know, you know, predicted as being better teams than them, they got out of the traps so fast, got the scores on the board, pulled away from the opposition and, and, and had a bit of daylight um, between them. I guess in this sense, Tipperary didn't allow them to do that. And that's what Kegel said as well. Their, their backs were very cynical in terms of pulling lads down, you know, in the right areas and the right opportunities. And they were able to claw back Kilkenny. And I think that's 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 definitely a telling factor. Regardless of the sending off, I think there's I think that was the change in the game, you know, and I know you can only predict if the, he wasn't sent off, you know, to to Brary or I was gonna win it. So we'll never be able to, you know, you know actually say that with definition at all. But I think that was the, the telling factor in terms of like the way Tipperary were able to keep in touch with them and turn it around, really, in their favour. Whereas in the previous games, Kikini had a had daylight between them and the opposition. Yeah. Well, in the Limerick game they did, Shani, but in the in the Cork game they didn't. You know what I mean? Cork went in ahead at half-time. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't think that's the case. Like I think they should have had more on the board. Definitely, you talk about the cynical foul and that kind of stuff. Like you know, these decisions go with you and they go against you. Like Tip could have easily had a penalty as well in the first half when Callum was brought down in in the square. And Kenny got twenty one or Tip got twenty one. Probably got you know Kenny got off lightly there. Um yeah. So look, these decisions come and go. I I do think I said to you, Shani, when when Richie Hogan got sent off, 
I knew it was all over for Kenny. Oh, that was it. Oh, look, I knew. It was, all, it, was, it was always going to be it, really, because, look, Tipperary forwards, we said it all year, like, they're the best forwards in the country. Like, so you're not, like, like, and, and, like at this level and with the, the caliber team that you're playing, when you have the numerical advantage, you know, when it's 15 on 14, and I, and I know you can go back to the Tipperary and Wexford game, but, like, you're, you're talking about different forward lines there completely. Like, when you look at the Tipperary lads, they're not going to give you space and they're just going to run right. So, the analysis of the game really stops at Richie Hogan sitting off, I to agree. be honest. Like, yeah. You know, after yeah. that, you, we can talk about, you know, Kilkenny didn't do themselves favours either. Their backs were launching ball up into the air and rolling our plucking balls out of the air for fun. And you're like, you know, Noel McGrath having heaps of space in the middle of the field, other people getting on loads of space. It's, it's always going to happen. At yeah. that level, it's yeah. always going to happen. Especially, I think, especially, I think, if Richie Hogan was sent off two minutes after half time, as opposed to two minutes before half time, that could have had a big difference. Do you know what I mean? Because Tipperary were able to go in and say, right, Barrett, they're not going to let Parry Maher free, right? They're going to. So, who's our best cornerback after Parry Maher to be the sweeper? And Barrett did. Barrett, like you have to say, Barrett did an unbelievable job. I know he was a sweeper, and no one was marking him. But in terms of his positional sense and cutting out ball and reading it, he was absolutely oh, phenomenal. Yeah, and, and I think that that allowed Tipperary the halftime break allowed Tipperary to kind of organise yeah. that very clinically whereas if it happened two minutes after halftime the players yeah. would have had to make that call on the pitch themselves or Tommy Dunn would have had to have gone over to Sheedy and aim it at the and sorted out but that's a great point so, yeah. yeah that's true yeah yeah and like you said like they hoovered up the ball and, and, and Uncle Kenny got criticised for the, for the ball that was being delivered in but to the credit of the likes of Paddy Deegan and those guys who were delivering giggles, I know you'd have a better appreciation again being at it. You're looking down the field, it's torrential rain, you have no one making a run out to the corners, all you see is tip lads in front of you, and you're hitting ball in long, and like, Colin Fenley was not as if he was making runs out to the corner, and the forwards were absolutely spent, because they were chasing shadows as soon as the ball was turned over anyway, because all you're doing straight away, there's an overlap, there's a hand pass over your head, you're chasing yeah. lad, the same as the Kenny midfield went completely out with Brown and Buckley, you were just chasing shadows and they couldn't be playing against a worse team having 14 men in Tipperary in terms of and I said to you Shawnee you know bubbles in the wire in the first half you said it giggles yourself looking nervous wasn't on a whole lot of ball as soon as Tip rattled in those two goals they were putting points yeah. over without even looking you know bubbles out at the sideline there turn lads inside out balls over his shoulder I was like it's just all over now once those lads got yeah. their, those lads got their tails up and there was that that um, big a lead Tipperary like needed like not to score for the rest of the match. I think Kenny to go on and score like three goals and three points, which wasn't going to happen. So like it was a, it was just a, a done deal. And as a supporter, and even as a neutral, I'm sure whether you like Kenny or not, that second half was a disaster. You know what I mean? Like well, I I I'd say the whole All Ireland final as a whole as a neutral was All Ireland final, have included. Now the weather contributed to the first half being bad. But I was sitting there and I've been at a lot of All-Irelands and a lot of, as a neutral, because Waterford aren't in that many of them. But I didn't enjoy that game at all. It was like, first of all, the, f- the first half was terrible hurling, albeit it was a bit of a war of attrition. And then the second half, as you said, Liam, the first 10 minutes were brilliant from a kind of a spectacle perspective because you got two, three of top quality scores that you, you would never get in our final, but you knew it was over then. It was 30 minutes to go yeah. after Bubbles put the goal in. 30. Yeah. And you said to yourself, right, you might be nervous for Tipperary or you might feel sorry for Kenny which depending on what side of the fence he sat on. But you knew the game was over. And and I, I, I was getting frustrated because 
at least knowing the game is over, you'd like to see Tipperary go on and put up a big score, at least to kind of see some big scores or, or go in. I know you wouldn't know, Liam, but you know, as a neutral. And then Tipperary just went very sloppy for the next 10 to 15 minutes, and it was a nothing. That 15-minute period in the middle of the second half was like a nothing period. And it took actually Tipperary bringing on the, the four or five subs to give another injection of life to probably put the glass on the score that from a Kilkenny perspective it would be a little bit embarrassing to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. That's, yeah, it was. And like Tipperary did take their foot off the gas. And, and like I thought, you know, with the, with the, such a rivalry between Tipperary and Kilkenny, I thought Tipperary would have wanted to bury Kilkenny in, in that instance. So I was very surprised that it didn't drive on. Um, yeah. And I'd say Kilkenny, they left Kilkenny off the hook a bit there, really. Yeah, but look, having yeah. said that as well, look, Tipperary walked out the door in the end with a you know a fourteen point victory, and yeah. get, getting all the plaudits for like you know being this unbelievable team and rightly so they're all earning champions and and they've earned it. But as a Kilkenny supporter, I won't lie, seeing like Kilkenny go down that way, given the circumstances, it was so hard to watch and to stomach and it being Tipperary and making Tipperary out to be this absolute world beating team. I don't really think they are, to be honest. They're all Ireland champions. No one will ever take that away from them. But I don't think they're as good as what that looked. You know what I mean? Kilkenny made them look in that last 30 minutes as if they were, you know, the passes, the scores, the boys who came on, whatever they scored between them, maybe seven or eight points between the subs. Like I totally agree with you, Liam. Yeah. You know, yeah, like even if they're being blown up, they're being blown up. Right, yeah. And I, look, like what, what, do you, like the other champions always get the plaudits anyway, especially in a game like that. But I do, I do feel it, it doesn't do justice to what they are. I don't know if that sounds sounds very bitter, maybe for me being a Kilkenny supporter, but I, I just don't feel that they're at that level that they're being portrayed to be. And I think, look, if fifteen on fifteen, we never know what would have would have been. But I still reckon would have went to the wire. Like, you know, even if Tip came out and blitzed Kilkenny with a couple of goals in the first five minutes, he still fancy Kilkenny to hang in there 15 on 15 oh, and come back and sneak a goal and, and make it entertaining for the last 15, 20 minutes. But I guess we'll never know, you know what I mean? And, and Tip Rary walk away with Liam McCarthy and Liam Sheedy and, and Co. you know, get huge credit and deserve huge credit still for turning around what that year that Tip had last year. Um, but what about the sending off, lads? We have to, we oh, have yeah. to talk Look, about the sending off. I, 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 like, I, mean, I, I, give, I, well, I, I was going to it there, Sean, and you peeled me back from it, but I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Look, when it happened first in real time, I didn't think it was going to be a red card. I thought he'll get a yellow, right? When you and me are watching it, Sean. Yeah. And then the longer I saw James Owens talk to the linesman, I was like, he's done here. Like, if he was giving me a yellow card, he wouldn't be taking this long to, t- to talk to him about it. The longer that went on, I saw him go over and look at Cottle Barrett, which I still don't understand why he did that part of it. And then he gave him the red. And when we watched it back, it did look like the elbow went up and elbowed him into the head. And I was like, look, high tackle, letter the law, red card. I think nine times out of ten, regardless of whether it's elbow or shoulder, if that tackle happens, I think a lad will get a yellow card. Now, whether that's right or wrong, I just think the majority of times they'll give a yellow. But he gave a red, and probably is it probably is the letter of the law and what it's what it's meant to be given. But very interesting, obviously. Listen to Richie Hogan. We'll discount Shefflin. We'll discount Jackie Turner. All those for the moment. Listen to Richie Hogan himself on off the ball with Joe Malloy and him explaining it and talking through it. It's kind of step by step. He says he never caught me his elbow. He caught me his shoulder. Now looking at that video angle, that one is is the worst one. But looking at some of the still images, you actually see he does catch him with his shoulder, and there's no doubt he catches him, and he doesn't even try to defend that. I think he's very, very unlucky. Um, 
yeah, I look, I, yeah, I, I agree with Liam, but it's, it's like, I, I, I don't really care and it doesn't really matter in terms of like elbow, shoulder, arm, whatever it is. He still caught him across the head. I think it you does know, matter though, Shawnee. I think it does matter though because if you go in no, and you do, challenge, yeah, but if you go in, hit him across the head. But Sean, if you go in, what has been, what's the letter of the law in terms of the rules? If you if you get hit across the head, it's a sending off offence. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's elbow, arm, foot, knee. It, it's you're hitting across the head. It's regardless of what it is. And look, all the stuff like Henry made a fool out of himself trying to explain. Right, did, yeah, Henry did. the game. Yeah, he did. Um, what I can't, I'm just surprised over. I thought Richie Hogan fought absolutely brilliantly, and he's he's spot on what he's saying. And look, it is it comes down to a decision. What I couldn't believe is like Jackie Terrell. Owen Larkin on Twitter, Brian Hogan on Twitter, all these Kikini lads cribbing about it. Like, decisions in all Ireland finals. Like, I know it, there's not too many decisions about sending offs, but there's been penalties given um, to Kikini teams down through the years and decisions given to Kikini teams where opposition teams would have been felt, you know, aggrieved by and thought it would turn the game in their favour. Like, so, this, I can't believe all these Kikini greats cribbing about it. Like, it's decision in all Ireland final. They've got numerous amounts of other finals in, in the past, like so. I don't know. I just I thought it was just laughable, to be honest. Yeah, I I think look, yeah, put put away the lads, the Larkins and them lads away for a, for a second. I think there's a couple of things. I think James O'Connor made a very good point on off the ball as well. I don't know did you hear him, lads? But basically, he said Killian Buckley gave a la- uh, Willie O'Donoghue an elbow into the head in the semi-final and he got away with it, right? That happened. And he, what James O'Connor reckons happened is the referees all sit around, including the lads who are going to be coming up for the All-Ireland final. They'll review the two semi-finals and they say, who got it right, who got it wrong? Because they do this whole learning experience yeah. as they go through so they can improve for the next day, right? So they obviously went through that tape and said, look, Killian Buckley gave him an elbow into the head. Should have been a red card by the letter of law, lads, if this happens. The, the second piece is, right, I reckon, so James Owens, I think, went over to look at Carl Barrett to give himself the assurity. Is this lad really shaking here or is he, you know, acting the maggot small bit? I think he was trying to get away with giving the yellow card. I wouldn't be surprised, and I know this isn't in the, in the rules, but is there a lad upstairs, right? Is there a lad upstairs saying to him, or after looking at the playback of this, no, Richie Hogan not. hit him with the elbow no, in the head? no. I don't think any of us know that for definite, right? But, but there's not, though, kind of felt like that. There's not, though. But what's the earpiece for? So, the, who's talking about They're mic'd up. They're all, so so the, umpires, the umpires and the linesmen are mic'd up. Oh, all right. Okay. And he's also got but, a line to mic, Hawkeye. Mic'd up to the lads up Just the yeah. Hawkeye giggles, though. So, the lads up... The, the, no, yeah, but, but, but Hawkeye is Dickie Murphy. So, Dickie Murphy is the assessor of the whole game. I don't know, look. I'm just speculating, right? So, we, it's my speculation. That's right? yours, so yeah. Be right I, do, I think it's yeah. definitely wrong, but anyway. Because I don't think, right? I don't think, I don't think if Cody was right beside his thought, I don't think the line, it was happened so fast and you had to slow down the slow motion to see Richie's elbow come up and get him, right? So I don't think anyone could have been 100% sure that he nailed him with the elbow in the jaw. Uh, well, I, I, don't th- I, I, don't, I don't think when, when he would have sent him off, it was whether he said he got him or like Shawnee's point, whether it was elbow or shoulder or whatever. If you look at, there's a still image and you see the linesman is looking front on after Richie, after colliding with him. So whatever the linesman saw in that split second, he saw Richie collide with his head. He probably didn't see which part. And he probably just said yeah, to the ref, yeah. he's collided with his head, head high, your man's gone to the ground. We've talked about this. If it's head high, it's a red card. I wouldn't say he said he caught him with his elbow. I wouldn't think he would have actually would have seen that part. But he would have seen yeah. that contact was made. So look, look... And 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 you know, for, me, for me, for me, lads, 
I, I, I'll just say my part. If I was refereeing, I've refereed at the lowest, lowest level out in Australia, right? If I was refereeing that game, there's no way in the world I would have given him a red card. But that's yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, referee. And, and, I, and, think, these, I and think. And these boys are going. Go on, I'm sorry. No, I think you're right. And I think nine times out of ten, whether that's right or wrong, is he would he would have got a yellow. You know, like just that's the, the way. One, that's the, the one thing. The one thing for me, I think as well, and and this this doesn't mean that I said I I mean it's a red card. I mean I probably tend to agree that it probably is more borderline a yellow card. But the fact that and they're going over other instances where Cahill Barrett clacked, caught. Um, that's irrelevant. That one. That's field. irrelevant. That one. You know, oh no, it is. But in terms of those, let's explain those. And the Bill Cooper incident as well, where Richie himself got poleaxed. They're actually trying to get control of the ball and it's out of their hands. This instant is where Carl Barrett actually has control of the ball. He's got it in his hand. He's had his hand up to his chest with the ball and someone comes across, uh, comes across and takes him across the head. Well, I think. But, but as per what Richie said though, Richie had him lined up to shoulder him over the line and Carl oh, Barrett, no, 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 Carl Barrett so he, he didn't come in and Carl Barrett standing still and he got him in the head. Carl Barrett jinked back inside and his momentum yeah. carried him through. Yeah, no, no, no question that. I'm just saying just give him the context in terms of like People are going back playing these images saying, oh, if that was a red card, then this should be a red card. It's not, like, because the ball is out of their control and they're trying to both trying to get it and hurlies yeah. are coming across and bodies are coming across. And yeah. it just, when that happens, it's not a straight-out red card. It's just when you see someone standing still and thing, well, he wasn't standing still, he stepped back, but he got clocked in position. So, yeah, I look, it, it probably isn't nine times out of ten. It happened on the day. I mean, these are decisions you have to roll with, like so. No, oh, yeah, and you do. Well, you do it, and you do accept, like. And you you do roll with, and you heard Richie Hogan he roll with, and obviously there's been a huge outcry yeah. since. But I do think, Carl Barrett's reaction, whatever you think about, no one knows how Carl Barrett was feeling on Carl Barrett, and he says that himself. Yeah. yeah. His reaction did definitely play into it. I reckon, like, it was, like yeah. if if Carl Barrett had picked himself back up straight away. And just walked on. Whether that's right or wrong, I gar- I I would we never know. But I I wouldn't say James Owens would have sent him off. Like I think no. you're going. I think you're going down to Jackie Tyrrell. Like no, there, no, Jackie Tyrrell. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. Good. I'm not saying that he overreacted. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying if he got back up and was still shaking and hurt. I'm not saying he wasn't any of those things. But the fact that the way he did go down and he did sit down for a long time, whether he was or if not that remember, level, I'm, I'm just you, saying. If you remember back to if you remember back to a 2009 All Ireland semi final between Kilkenny and Waterford, actually, Eddie Brennan did the exact same thing to Owen Murphy, and Owen Murphy was unconscious, right? Eddie Brennan went straight through him, caught him with the elbow, and Owen Murphy, yeah. and so everyone was saying, "Jesus, Owen Murphy's overacting," but Owen Murphy was actually unconscious. Like, say what you want, like Richie either caught him with his shoulder or his elbow. So a man of 13 stone running full force. Clipping you on the jaw where you've got a metal bar coming across your helmet, mm. adding to the impact. That could knock you out. If it, as, no, as, totally. As no, I'm Sir saying. Said, it's the no, puncher's chance. I don't think. I don't think Carl Barrett overreacted at all. At all. I think he got a fair clip on the show on, on the, under underneath the jaw where you could knock a lad out very easily. Um, and I, I, I look. I still said it was. I, I would have given a yellow card myself because I didn't want to ruin the game. But then other people are saying, "Oh, it ruined the game." But like, ruined the game. Argument is absolutely irrelevant. So I, I think James Owens, if you were Mark scoring James Owens, he got the Hawkeye decision right, and they came out with Hawkeye. He's no choice. He he's no choice that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's he technology. Got the, he came back. He got the send. He got the sending off right, and in fact, James Calden was fouled just outside the square, and he got the penalty decision right. And I thought James Owens you think actually so? gave I thought that was a few more feet. Anyway, we won't get into it because we, we'll talk about James Owens. But I, I just think I was. 
there's a there was a page in the All Ireland Final program and it showed referee analytics and it was very interesting. I was reading it. The average distance covered by a referee in any game is nine point five kilometers and the max was ten point five kilometers. So these lads are running ten k a game, right? They've got to make all the decisions. There's so much going on. The ball is going up and down the field. So ten k is more than any player will run. They're under savage pressure, and I think James Owen's appearance to him. He took loads of time, and I know Cody criticised the amount of time he took, but wouldn't it be worse if he just flashed the rage no, no, and walked I, off? And I think he did the right. It? I think he did the right thing in taking the time. He really waited up, and you could see the last thing he actually wanted to do was send him off. I'd say, you know what I mean? To, to his yeah, credit, like he, yeah. like, and that's why he took all the time and really consulted the linesman, and, and you know, was very deliberate in that. I don't, I don't criticise James Owens at all, to be honest. I don't actually have any grievance yeah. with him, really. That's hand and heart. I think it, it's just, it's just as. Look, as a Kenny supporter, I'm, you know, I want to have a certain definite le- level of black and amber sunglasses on looking at this one. But yeah. I think you're right about you have to discount the whole thing about ruins the game, blah blah blah, because that, that is irrelevant. And look, player safety, and especially hits up around the head, like that is paramount, and that has to be like the priority. The thing about it, I think, is is there there is always going to be a coming together of bodies in hurling when you've got hurl sticks, everything going on. And it's the deliberate ones that need to be really punished and struck out. And I think Richie, Richie's point was very interesting about, like in rugby, you go to tackle someone and just say so you do tackle them late and they've offloaded the ball, but you'd already committed when they had the ball. That does, you know, it, it comes down to the intent. The penalty, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so I, th- I do think that's an interesting point because with the level of hurling where it's gone to now, the physicality, the pace of all the players, it's a, it's a, it's a different game now. And we have it here in the AFL as well. Like, there's different levels of impact for the, depending on the penalty the, the player would receive. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, having one rule that just says, you know, anything around the head is a red card, like, that still leaves a certain amount of subject, subjectivity around it. You know what I mean? The, the referee still has to make a subjective call. And that's very hard in a split second for them to make. So I think making it easier for refs, one, but protect, protecting players is, is also has to be the most important. But to your point, Giggles, about the pressure referees are under, I think it's madness that hurling at this stage, especially in the last couple of years where it's gone to, there should be two refs on the pitch. Now, that yeah. wouldn't help with that incident probably on Sunday, but regardless, there should be a ref in either half. I, I don't see the downside to it. Yeah. Um, and I think Barry Kelly said that in the Sunday game, that actually he was totally against it originally. But now seeing the pace of the game and seeing how fast the ball moves, like if if Lady what's we call a Paraguay catches the ball under the crossbar, it can be down the far end within two seconds, and there's no way any player, never mind the referee, can get up to keep up with that kind of a play. So I agree with you, two, two referees. But we've probably talked to the death. Richie is unlucky. I think everyone here agrees that Richie's unlucky. He kind of went to kind of blow him out over because he was a bit frustrated. Carl Barrett pulled back and he clipped him in a really dangerous spot, which is probably why he's unlucky. He didn't go to clip him on the jaw. Absolutely no question about that. But he's just unlucky. It did ruin the game. Kilkenny lost the Ireland final probably because of it. Um, but, you but mean, that's just the way it is. And you mentioned it there, Liam, about the AFL here. It's uh, like there is there is no red cars in the AFL. It's all based on. If something happens like that, the referee goes over saying you're on report, and then it follows on to the, it's 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 reviewed after the game, and it's based on the severity of the challenge, the outcome of the challenge is how injured is the is the player um, received, and all that, and he gets a fine. If you if you had that in an all-around finals for the no, it won't work. Yeah, won't work. Yeah, to be hard, yeah. <laughs> to be held, to be war. Yeah, yeah. But look, Annie, look, that's. 
that's the All-Ireland final and like we said you could I don't think there's any point in talking about the last half an hour like yeah. we, you could talk that to death as well um, you could but you're, you could do you could talk about you know the, the misuse of ball the Kikini had and that like, but I think one of the positives from the Kikini point of view I thought was um, you Lawler a fullback. I thought he did an outstanding yeah. game on on Thomas Callan and, and it's, it's definitely been a, a real find for um, for Kikini this year and I'd say is the mainstay at fullback come come to start of the league next year and I'd say for a couple of years to to go ahead as well. Like that. Yeah, just without, on a positive for Kikini. Without without and, and John Donnelly as well. I think he's been a real positive in the last two games. And he was a player Absolutely. that I was I was looking out for this year and wasn't getting any game time at all because I thought he was brilliant towards the end of last year for Kilkenny. Didn't get any game time up until the last few games. And I was talking to one of the boys at home there today. John Donnelly wasn't even on the DCU Fitzgibbon team earlier in the year. He was a sub and he's gone on to be, like in the last two games in particular, scored three points to the Ireland final was a real standout player. I think Billy Ryan as well is another positive note for Kilkenny. He came on in a game which was on a high to not and really knuckled down and got a few points. So some positives take over, a lot of lows, but um, they'll store that hurt up and hopefully we'll see him back yeah. next year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Do, do, you think, do, do you see any retirements or anything like that coming out of Kenny Liam or do you think they'll just all band together and come back? I'd say they'd hate to go out and know any of them. Like I'd say the ones who might have gone after if they'd won would have been Richie Hogan who said it himself and I'd say Colin Fenley might have went as well if they'd won. I, I don't know. I think he's only twenty nine. Like he, he no, looks, he looks older than he than he is, doesn't he? He does. He does. And he's been around. Like you know, his first alarm was twenty eleven. Like you know, he's been hurling at that level. And I don't know. He looks. He looks. He looks bet. I think. Like he. I don't think he has seventy minutes in him anymore. And he's twenty nine. You know what I mean? So I. I could not get over the size of Colin Fenley when I saw him in the massive. flesh. He's massive. He's massive. He's huge. I actually I think he's too big. I actually think he's too he's big now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think if, if if he's catching that ball like he did against Limerick and Cork, those goals he's brilliant. But he actually can't run out to the corners anymore like he used to, to get a ball in space. Like he can't do that anymore. Yeah, you know. But anyway, in the army, on you training. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. And uh, God forbid, let's kick in the next year with with a siege mentality going into next year. Like they don't need any. Any um, motivation at all, like, and having been beaten by Tipperary, roll on 2020 in it for them. They have a score to set with Wexford Galway and Tip next year. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, look, we'll see how we go. It's going to be a fairly long winter. All right, coming up next, we're going to have a look at the Sunday game hurling team of the year. No, there was there was no tangle, right? It was an off the ball incident, right? And I made my feeling like we played him now twice. He didn't stay down for no reason, like, and that cost us a score, right? Now I've seen other people come onto the field and make points and be just as animated. Yet there's one fella I I get sent all the time, and I, I don't think it's personally fair myself. And if you look at the whole thing, I can promise you you'll see more people giving out. But that official wanted to make a name for himself and fair play to him. He probably did. Oh, 
Okay, hurling team of the year on the Sunday game that night. I won't lie to you, I didn't watch the Sunday game. I couldn't stomach turn that on um, to re-watch that again. It was hard enough watching the bloody first time. And I always feel that kind of panel thing to do at the end is a bit of a joke anyway. There's too many people on it. You know what I mean? There's like 10 people on. I think it's a bit, it gets a bit too much. It's, it is a bit crowded, right? And they can, uh, they have to try and fit in everyone's opinion then as well. And they're going over to this fella and that fella. And yeah. They have some, some players on as well. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit all stretched out, isn't it? I won't lie. I'd watch it if Kilkenny had won. Like, boy, I just had an, another incentive not to watch it because they'd lost. And Barry Kelly on it then as well. Jesus Christ. Just I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, lad, just go for, for a second. Go for it, right? go for it. They need to get rid of Dave Cahill. I'm sorry. Agreed. I watched Agreed. up for the match on Saturday night and it was absolutely embarrassing. If we showed that to anybody outside of the country of Ireland, <laughs> other, than the, other than the players other than the players that they had on the panel now, the likes of Shane McGrath, Jackie Tyrrell, Lar, your man Joe Hayes, Van Larkin, they were all excellent. But Eddie Dennis Cahill, he was an embarrassment. He was an embarrassment again on Sunday night. He just, he, he, he doesn't understand, like, obviously he goes to all these games because he gets paid to do that, but he doesn't understand the intrinsicities of any of the games and he's asking stupid questions. I hate him. I yeah. actually, Bring back Michael Lester if you can at all. Jesus. No, I, I, I agree. I think, I think Des is rubbish. Um, and I don't think, the, what the funny thing is, I actually don't think he needs to know the intrinsics of the games. He just needs to get out of the way and let them do the talking. I think someone like Joe Malloy, having seen like Joe Malloy in action, like especially off the ball, like I don't feel Richie Hogan he did today, like someone like him on the He's Sunday game, good, yeah. like for the highlight, I think he'd be amazing on that. I think, very good, I think yeah. he'd be brilliant. He'd never get it because he's not bloody RTE. He's on off the ball. That's the reason the, the RTE just gives the same jobs to the same lads all the time. Like Joanne Cantwell, in fairness, is excellent. I think. I think she's been really, really good this year, um, and that was a really bold move from them. They could have played it safe and given it to another, you know, white middle-aged male, but they made a great call there. Um, but Des Cal, disaster. He's a nice fella. Like he's not as if he's he's not a dickhead or anything, but he's just a ter- he's just a terrible presenter. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. So we started that with Giggles, anyway. That started now, anyway. You give us the team of the year there, Liam, and, and give us your opinion on it first, and then we might myself and Shawnee might chip in. But uh, how, how about how about we do line by line? I think we did that last year. I think it worked well. Oh, Murphy, they okay. give it in, in the goal. I don't think there can be any disagreements there. I think he no. I sent you my team of the year and it didn't have Owen Murphy and look I'll be honest it had Mark Fanning he only conceded three goals in the year only one from play his puck outs were excellent up until the last 20 minutes against Tipperary Wait. in hindsight I look back at Murphy's highlight then and I have to admit I was wrong Owen Murphy should definitely get the goal and the other honourable mention is your man from Leash who was excellent all year Zender Rowland I reckon they'll be the three nominees but yeah I agree with the team after my selection I think Owen Murphy is a shoe in yeah, there we go. Second all star from Murphy, I think. Maybe third. Um, full back then we have Sean Finn, Limerick, Rona Mar, Tipperary, Cahill Bar, Tipperary. Yeah, I, I, I had in my team, I didn't have Cahill Barrett, I had the other two. I had Liam Ryan from Wexford in the full back line. And, and just, as Sean just mentioned there, the other lad who's very unlucky, I think, is Hugh Lawler from Kilkenny. Now, I think. But Barris semi-final and final have got him in there. He was injured for a large part of the year. He had a good monster campaign. Liam Ryan, I thought, was excellent. Like, I cannot believe he's not in it. I, I would have Liam Ryan in there ahead of Barris myself. Yeah, I agree with you on that, because I, I would have had Liam Ryan. I think I think it's you're giving it to... This is like player of the year. Like You're giving it to Conal Barrett, who probably hasn't played as many games as, as Liam Ryan has done, and he's been pretty solid for the whole year. I would put Liam Ryan in there, too. Yeah, I think Liam Ryan, especially the options he gave Wicks for going forward as well. Like, he's a real, like, attacking 
cornerback, which is very unusual in her. I thought he was phenomenal to watch all year. Um, and I'd love to see Kyle Barrett not get one. So happy for Liam Ryan to go in there. <laughs> so we're dropping, we're dropping Kyle Barrett and we're putting in Liam Ryan. Done. Team. There we go. That's great. Okay. Bye bye, Kyle. <laughs> um, half back line Brendan Maher, Park Walsh, Park Maher. I'll be honest, I think Park Walsh is lucky to be there, to be honest. Like, Park Walsh. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. Liam. I, I feel on this line, I would say Matthew Hanlon surely deserves a, a position in the half back line. Um, Hard to argue with the other two. Um, Parag Maher, I, 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 I'm not 100% on him. Whether he's had that, had that year worthy of an all-star. But I guess, you know, he's been pretty consistent throughout the year. I think, I think against Limerick is the only raw thing he got. Um, it wasn't brilliant in the honour and final. But still, again, he was, uh, we mentioned earlier, he was the main catalyst for that goal that probably, you know, turned the Caught game for Yeah. Yeah. I think I think before before the semi final, Parik Welsh well maybe after the Leinster Championship, let's say it like that. After the Leinster Championship, Parik Welsh was a certainty for an all-star. But you're right, his his performance is kinda whether he was given the different roles because he was back in Cadigan, the cornerback for the second half of the Cork game, and then he was centre back for the final and semi final, but didn't really he was good, he command was, it like Yeah. He was good against Limerick, I thought in fairness, but I thought Cork he was taken over, that's fair enough, but he was poor that day, I thought, and I think he had no influence whatsoever on Sunday. Like no impact. True, yeah. I, I, I put my him in my team, but on on, on on hindsight and listening to the two E, I think if we're all in agreement we'll drop Parik Welch and we put Matthew O'Hanlon in at centre back. Yeah, okay. Happy enough for that. I'm getting rid of all the little two, lads. Two weeks, two weeks for me coming. <laughs> Midfield, Dermot O'Keefe and Norm McGrath. First off, Norm McGrath, tick, tick, tick. I don't think there's anyone going to disagree with there. Dermot O'Keefe, I think he did have a, a very good year, but I think was was a Tipperary game not one of his better games. Would that be fair to say? He had a brilliant first half and he went a little bit of sleep in the second half, but I don't think there's any midfielder that comes near the two of these lads for the whole year. I think the only fella who would have a chance and it'll be an outside chance, an out-outside chance, is Willow Donoghue from Limerick, who had an excellent year after not being on the team last year for the All-Ireland Championship. He was one of the guys who came in, and he had a brilliant year, and he's especially responsible for the comeback against Kilkenny, whereas Keane Lynch didn't really do much against Kilkenny, and he was kind of like the hurler of the year. So, to me, I, I think Jim Rakeef had an unbelievable end of the championship. He was very good in the first half against Tip. He didn't have any other games because he didn't have a quarter-final or a final, so... And I don't think there's any other midfielder unless he can think of one lads that could come no, in against either. I think two. I think um, Paddy Parcel might get a nomination right in that position from Leash. You know, I thought he was very good for them. Real power running for uh, midfielder. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, hard to hard. You hardly get an All Star Shani for one game nomination for one game in the in the championship, probably. No, nomination. Won't, no. I don't think you can get a nomination. No, I don't think you will. Oh, he will. No, I, I reckon there'll be three right. Leash. I reckon yeah. there'll be three lads. Three at least three Leash lads nominated. Because mm. uh, like they played two games, they won the, yeah, the two games. oh two, two games, games yeah Dublin and uh, yeah Jesus. yeah. Tommy Ball will be going bananas when he hears this. <laughs> sorry, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy Ball, big massive <laughs> listener. Actually, sorry, I haven't said that. I'll quickly diverge. Go on, you go ahead. I'll read out the next line and I'll get I have some feedback actually from Tommy. He wrote into us. He's a, he's a big listener of the podcast. And the next line: Lee Chin, TJ Reid, Colin Fenley. Let's do tick tick Lee Chin TJ Reid. I'm happy with that Colin Finley in the half yeah, forward line. Yeah. Get him out of there. Like, don't start doing this bullshit. No, fitting lads no, in no. in the positions. Colin Finley didn't figure once out in the half forward line. Don't have him in no, there. Yeah, 
I wouldn't have a nerd. So, but no. Do you know what to do, lads? Before we talk about this, this last wing forward position, I think it's worthwhile if you go through the full forward line and give three ticks to the lads, and then we can talk about the one position that's left. Is that a fair way to do it? Or do you well, okay, agree with so, Galan? Okay, so I, I don't think Galan. I, I think Callan and Horgan, yes. I agree yeah. with you, Liam. I, I'm surprised to see Galan in there. I don't, I don't I haven't seen... I haven't seen that performance from or that you know, yeah, that, that consistent performance all year from him. Um, yes, you could probably say he's been double double teamed and all that, like, but sure. So it was a Horgan, you know, you know, I don't know. Kilan is scoring as one ten, one eleven every game, and I know eight number from three, but he's consistently scoring one, two, or four points a game from play. Even against Kilkenny, when he said he wasn't unreal, he still scored ten points and three of them were from play, and could have had another two easy ones, but the radar was off a little bit. Now, I think the two boys going against them in the full forward line, if you were to look at competition, would be Owen Cadigan from Cork and Graham Mulcahy nah. from Limerick. But I think uh, Gillan is Owen better Cadigan way ahead of the two then. Or, or not Owen Cadigan, but um, Alan Cadigan, no. Alan Cadigan, sorry. I don't think he has had... No, I wouldn't. He didn't do enough games, been, no. No, I don't think so, no. So, so to me, Gillan is a search. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I think I, you know, he probably will get an all-star, right, sir? So you've got one position left then, right? And you've got... They've put in Colin Fenley. And on this case, I don't mind moving players around. That's my mentality. But I, I agree with you that, like... Maybe if you move them out to the corner, fair enough. But to wing forward, not a hope. And I think the three who are kind of in line to get it would be Adrian Mullen, who was a cert until the all Ireland final, right? He was definitely in there. He had it nailed down. You've got Jason Ford, who's in and out between corner and wing. And you've got Bubbles, who I, I picked on my team given that he had an unreal monster campaign and then the semi-final the final he did it when they needed when, when they needed him yeah I think Bubbles will probably get the nod I do agree with you Mullen was nailed on and, and nailed on for young hurler the year as well he still might have a good shot, shot at that um, but yeah Mullen for me I don't think Jason Ford or sorry I'm happy to go with Bubbles, Bubbles but I don't think Jason Ford gills I don't think no, no I, don't, I, don't, I don't either I, I don't. I just threw him in there because he's a high scorer and he's a free taker, obviously. The, the other one worth noting, actually, who had a savage year up in, in Munster was Kyle Hayes. I uh, would say um, Liam Ogden-Garbron. Yeah, but there's four Wexford lads on it, or there's three Wexford lads on it already. Liam Ogden was very good, but did he do the damage Bubbles did? I, I, I thought he was not, well, not, not the damage on the scoreboard. I thought in, in terms of influential... In in how how Wexford played and how they actually went forward, I'd say he was a main instigator. The amount of work he did, going back, not more necessarily going back than going forward. But yeah, yeah, it's it's that's a hard one actually. Yeah, yeah. Are we going with bubbles? So at number bubbles in. twelve, bubbles in I'd for twelve. Bubbles probably probably bubbles for the for the scoreboard. Yeah. Okay. So that that, that we we haven't made too many, but we've got Murphy, we've got Finn Maher and Liam Ryan. No, that's Rona Maher. We've got Brenda Maher, Matty O'Hanlon and Parag Maher, Dio Keith and Noel McGrath, Chin, TJ and Bubbles, Galan, Callan and Horgan. That's a good team. It is. And and there, there, there's a few lads who are unlucky and can lads who obviously got their clothes. Can you have two players and got to learn final in that team? Can you have two, but they, they also lost three games in the season. No, I'm just saying it's interesting. Like yeah, I know. When you, when you look back on your traditional spread of yeah. an all Ireland after an Ireland year, you'd have the all Ireland winning team would get you know, seven, eight, the, t- the losing team would get three and then there'd be three spots. You know, that's the way we traditionally go. But because we have that round robin system now, it's completely different, which is great, really, because yeah. it's a better reflection a tip, of games. Tip of only six. Mm. Do you know, and you'd always have seven or eight, as you said, in some cases, nine. Wexford, interestingly enough, on our team, have three. 
I'm really sorry. Yeah, but they're they really They only sore. lost one game yeah. all year. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, and Cork, Cork have won, I think, then. So it's one Wexford, two Kilkenny, two Limerick, six tip, one Cork. That's what I have here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how we go now for the actual. And look for hurler of the year. Interesting one. Who's your hurler? I think. Really I think the, the nominees will be Callanan, Patrick Horgan. I think has to get nominated. Um, and for my third one, I think TJ will get nominated. Yeah, TJ will get nominated. Of course, he will. No, but Definitely. it's only. But it's only. It's only three. Like so, if it, it, it'd be an interesting one, really, because Callanan. Like his record, unbelievable. Like eight goals, a goal in each game, like unbelievable, you know. Um, but Patrick Horgan, what he did for Cork, basically just carried Cork all on his yeah. own. And then TJ, kind of similar enough, with a kind of different role. So I think Callanan will get it, given that tip of underlearning and given that he scored a goal in each game. I think Callanan will get it. Yeah, if you, if, you, don't, you don't even have Noel McGrath and your nominees, then like who's no, I don't. The, 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 I know, I don't think everything. so. Yeah. I, I, I don't think. Well, I, I, the, the, the person who'd lose out there would be TJ, maybe. If it, you know, because I think I think Patrick Horgan will have to get it for what he's display against Kilkenny, especially. I think yeah. Look, I think if Cork if Cork got to the All Ireland final, he'd probably be a shoe in and dead cert for the Player of the Year. But I don't know. I'm Roman Graham might sneak in now, but he's he's two men the Metro performances in the last two games. But I, for yeah. me, anyway, I'd say Kenlan would be my Player of the Year anyway. Giggles. Yeah. Look. The last time eight goals were scored from play in the championship was 2007. Dan Shanahan got eight goals in the championship, albeit Dan got him only in five games. Just picking up the Lismore lads there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan got eight, 12 in five games, and he got hurled earlier that year. Callanan got eight, 18, and got hurled earlier this year. But I'd say Callanan as well, like the amount of goals he set up, I think he set up one against Limerick in the, 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 the dead rubber game where he was true for a point and did the exact same thing that he did yesterday for Bubbles true for a point or even could have had his own shot at goal but gave a pinpoint pass uh, and open up defences he's done that a couple of times um, so yeah I think James Callan has to get this year and I don't think I even think with the media commentary around him at the moment where he's been nominated three years in a row and didn't get it a lot of talk whether Austin Gleeson deserved it in 16 or did Shane Callan deserve it in 16 and the vote system and all that that kind of came into it we won't get into that now but I think this year Seamus Callan will get it yeah there you go lump on Seamus Callan <laughs> alright coming up next we're going to wrap up and have a look at some some movements in the the managerial merry-go-round and we're also going to talk about what the plan is for the next couple of weeks a phenomenal man that has contributed so much to awful hurling over the last 20 years and if every fella gave what he gave who knows what we would have won that's a huge one, all the way in, but once again, Ken McGrath standing strong, indestructible at number six. A retrasting the parker, a dinner flick either on Leroy the stock and alive, or because a cuss and drawn cool, or because a dull. Being Ken McGrath himself. We've been unlucky not to be in all Ireland, but I think that defines any of our generation. Right blocked down by Ken McGrath! We've been involved in some of the best games of all time. We lifted a whole generation of hurling people in Waterford. We have them in all Ireland, but I'll be honest, the team will be remembered. We're watching one of the great artists of our time in hurling, Ken McGrath, whipping over the bar. Well, uh, sorry, cut that one off a bit, a bit early there. Um, look, Michael Dunahoo, just news coming through there that he's has left the Galway set up. Uh, seen a tweet from John Fogarty saying it's amazing, really, like he took 70 days since the Dublin game to make the decision. Now, whether he's just waiting until the Ireland to be over to make the call and he had already made his mind up 
still a bit surprised on that one to be honest like he's obviously done amazing things with Galway you know a puck of a ball this year and they were you know they were into the All-Ireland series and could have been well would have been All-Ireland contenders but I suppose he's done it for three years now um, and it, it's such a demanding thing when he has a young family and all that kind of stuff I, you know I can understand it but he will be a big loss to Galway yeah, well, it's interesting. The trajectory of teams who win the All Ireland over the last three years has been very similar. So, 2016, Tip won the All Ireland. 17, they lost the semi final. 18, they didn't get out of the group, right? Then, if you take 2017, Galway win the All Ireland. Uh, in 18, they get to the final just about and lose that. And 19, they didn't get out of the group. Limerick then win the All Ireland, lose the semi final. Will they not get out of the group next year? I doubt that'll happen with that trajectory. But it does seem to be four years seems to be the kind of managerial lifespan at the moment. Michael, I'm sure, knows Galway Hurling. He'll know the players, whether they need a fresh voice or not. Uh, I would say he's a busy man as well. So, look, I don't think there's too many Brian Cody's or Mickey Hart's left around there these days. And I think four to six years is as much you're going to get out of any manager. So, I am. I was very surprised when I heard it, but not shocked. Yeah, and look, yeah, taking Galway to the to the top and getting him that All Ireland, like he'll be remembered forever, especially with the 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 length of time they had gone between All Ireland victories. So you know he'd be well remembered and finally remembered up in Galway. But definitely, I think a big loss for Galway because what they had in him was kind of stability. They had been kind of yeah. such a yo-yo team, and even though this year they didn't get out of the group, they still put in great performances. You know, like they were just very unlucky the way that Leinster Championship went down that they went out. I know they lost to Dublin, you know, but like it was just a roller coaster, really. Yeah, and every team in Ireland was delighted when they didn't get out, other than Galway, because they would have feared them the most. Oh, big time coming back, big time, without a doubt, without a doubt. So it's sad to see him go, but be interested to see who who will come into that Galway job next. Whether it be someone inside the county or whether they go outside the county, Um, it'll be an interesting one to see. We've also um, Park Fanning gone from Waterford, and I was reading during the week, Eagles. I think there's two Waterford ex players have been brought on the selection committee to help find a new manager down there. Who who's been touted as yeah. the next as the next manager? Have you heard anything? I've heard there's a few rumblings going on. Um, I think Stephen Frampton and Tom Feeney are the two players involved in the five man committee. I think they're doing it the right way. This year, getting those two guys in who have very level heads on their shoulders and would know the game. Um, there's talks of Derek McGrath coming back obviously I don't know would that be a good thing or a bad thing especially given his media exploits this year like he's obviously those players love him but is it too soon to come back like it's only one year since he stepped down I think there's talks of Peter Queeley coming in who uh, had a very he's a very successful manager he trained Passage to win the county final in 2013 with our own Mark Wise on board and they did, like they, he brought them from nowhere he's a very astute he played for Waterford back in the early noughties and um, Stephen Malumphy's name has been thrown around there, um, who apparently was in doing a bit of coaching with Davy Fitz. He's a very senior man in the army, and he definitely bring an element of discipline to the Waterford setup. Um, so yeah, there's a few names being thrown around there. Um, I hope it's a Waterford man because look, the stats with outside managers don't lie. It's never you've never won in All Ireland bar three times in Offaly. So I think it needs to be a Waterford man. But um, I think they look like they're going about their business in the right way with the right process I actually think Derek McGrath would be a backward step giggles I think um, you know obviously got him to the All-Ireland final but I think the way he's kind of gone on a bit about it since and even heard him on off the ball post his 
rant on the Sunday game talking about you know weighing it up and whether he'd go back and he obviously qualified it by saying oh look that's not saying I'll get it but I think it's very interesting yeah. here like obviously he's a very confident man not wrong with that but I think he's I think he's letting himself down a little bit in some of his he's, 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 he's too honest for his own good yeah that's yeah. his biggest problem yeah. he's an open book like that's you, what he you is yeah. Brian, yeah. <laughs> you never hear Brian Cody or, or Liam Sheedy or, or Michael Donoghue um, being as open as that and John Kiley well, Liam Sheedy now wouldn't give him a run for it alright <laughs> but, but take John Kiley as an example comes across as a very amicable likeable guy which says absolutely nothing at all you know 100% I mean? yeah that's, that, that's kind of like nearly a skill in itself that you need to be a manager and, and I think Derek has kind of maybe talked a little bit too much now I can't knock what he's done he's got them to an Ireland final and two semi-finals and got them to the top two or three in the country um, two years ago and we've gone backwards a long long way since but look we'll see who comes along and uh, hopefully it's the right appointment and the players buy in and we get Waterford back into a competitive state again next year yeah I think that's I think that's the baseline Waterford being competitive and to build from there and realistically taking on that Waterford job you have to look at it is it is going to be a rebuilding job I don't think it's come back in and we'll get to you know we we'll get to a Munster final and we'll, we'll challenge it for that early next year I think they kind of have to kind of build back up again so it'll be interesting to see who to select there um, plan for the next couple of weeks, lads. I don't know. Are we going to do a preview of the football? The Cork manager. the second there now. Hold on, hold on. There's Cork manager gone as well. There, uh, when you're talking about managers. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, John Myler. Yeah, he's gone. John Myler's gone as well. Just while you're talking about managers, there, lads. Yeah, yeah but he's gone ages exactly. ago, Sean. Why didn't you bring that up last week? Well, we're talking about managers now, aren't we? So yeah, yeah. yeah he's so gone. The, the rumor, the rumor in Cork is it's, it's Kieran Kingston, is it, Sean? Yeah, Kieran Kingston apparently is going to come back in. He had to vote last time due to work commitments, and the rumor is he's coming back. Look, he he had a he had a good run when he was there. Um, a bit similar to uh, Liam there about someone coming back in. I don't know. Is it a great great thing bringing back in a manager who was there already? No, he didn't leave in a sour note or anything like that. Uh, he won once the titles with them, so um, interesting to see who brings in in the background team. That's where I'd be more interested. In. But I think, uh, looking forward to this weekend, I think Cork tip on the 20 All-Ireland final. We, like, I won't lie, Cork badly need an All-Ireland title um, in any ranks at the moment. Uh, there's been too much of a, I guess, uh, a lull or a famine, if you want to call it, at the moment in Cork hurling. And I think if we could get an All-Ireland under 20 this year, it would be a good catapult to uh, hopefully success next year. Yeah, they do need us to have one under 21 or under 20 as it's called now since 1998 with yeah. Joe Dean and Mickey O'Connell and them boys on the team and they haven't won a minor since 01. Um, mm. so I'll be cheering, I'll be cheering you on, Shani, don't worry. I'll be cheering you on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Will you really? Yeah, I will, 100%, don't worry. Because <laughs> they're playing like, tip, Shani. <laughs> uh, I know, I am. Uh, like, it's, like, it's like a Cartman watching Kikini and Tip last week. You don't know any, any of them to win. So no, this week no, is the no. leave be like No, I'm off for Cork, hundred percent. If I if I don't know which one I would stick it into. <laughs> ah no, Shawnee, Jesus. Take that back. Uh, I don't. I don't think Liam. I don't think we'll probably do a football coverage. Because I don't think any of us can can no. talk to it. The game. Jeez, that we, oh well. I, I watched. I've been back I watched here. the two semi-finals, lads, and here we go. Just like <laughs> there, no, I'm not. I'm not going to analyze. I'm just going to say I watched the two semi-finals, but like it's just. Dublin all over I just can't see anyone touch him I think they'll hammer Kerry by another 10 points as well yeah I, do. I was at I was at Dublin Mayo myself and it was like 
unbelievable atmosphere in the first half. Mayo hanging in there, absolutely throwing the bodies on the line. And Dublin came out and like threw it into fourth, I'd say, not even into fifth or sixth. <laughs> and blitz two six or two seven, and I was looking at Niall Scully. So Niall Scully is a wing forward for Dublin, who's kind of the unsung hero. He doesn't get that many scores, and he he caught the ball on his own edge of the box and sprinted. This was in the sixty fifth minute now, and I'm saying sprinted up to the far corner where he was left unmarked on his own for about three thirty to forty seconds, and they just didn't spot him. But that's they're, they're professionals, and like they they'll go down. They have to go down then as the greatest GA team in history if they do in five in a row because. It's never been done, you know, and no. it's it, it'll be humongous. But now, Kerry team in 1982, I know it's a long, long time ago, but they were untouchable at that time. And the thought of Offaly beating them in an All-Ireland final was unthinkable at that stage. So stranger things have happened. Kerry's backs are probably a little bit too too loose, but you've got the Clifford and Sean O'Shea and Ganey. They've got serious forwards. But uh, it'll be an, a very historic occasion being there because... It'll be similar to Kenny, I guess, Liam in 2010, similar to Kerry in 82. They're going for the five in a row. Never been done. If they can do it, like, you have to say it's an unbelievable achievement. Yeah, it would. It would be. So we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on that one, but we won't try and fob off for another podcast on it, but we will. Uh, no, I don't think we can. <laughs> <laughs> we could get a few experts on it, right? But, uh, we could try it. We could try it. We could try it. I've got a couple of people that have messaged me saying they're happy to come on and do the preview for us. So anyway, we'll see. We'll keep. We'll, we'll see how we go with that one. Um, but before we wrap up, we did get a message in from uh, a, a big listener of ours, and I know you guys were talking to Morven Ireland. Um, a leash man. He was tuning in last week. Uh, Tommy Ball, and he said uh, he said a couple of things anyway. But basically. He said, not holding back anyway, lads. Tell it as it is, and I'd have neither of you on my table quiz. Great show. Um, <laughs> and then he said about you, Giggle, he said a bit of feedback about you. He said he wanted to come out of that corner shortly. The only good team to come out of Wofford is the Greenway. Love the show, lads. Have loads of lads giving the heads up to listen in. So keep spreading the word, Tommy. Um, keep tuning in. And you're dead on right about Giggles. Good man on you. He obviously doesn't realise I never come out of the corner. No, he doesn't, no. <laughs> never. Hit the ball in. <laughs> All right, let's look. We'll leave it there for this week. In other massive news before we go, though, Giggles is getting married on Friday. Um, so, Giggles, we wish you all the best from here. Everyone here in Good AGA, that's me and Shawnee. Uh. The, the executive team, the production team, the operational team. Yeah. Thanks, the social media team. Yeah, and look, um, we, we, we'll be tuning in. So you'll have to send us a couple of pics and we'll put them up on the Good AGA Instagram just for uh, all the listeners out there are looking forward to seeing you, how well turned out you'll be on Sun, on Friday. I, and Giggles, now that you don't have to part ways with $500 or whatever the bet was with Liam, you might be able to buy a decent present now for the wife. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, listen, Johnny, there's a song there, a famous song. I think it's Kenny Rogers is his name. Uh, there's a famous line in it you don't count your money when you're sitting at the table and I think Liam was, <laughs> was counting the cash there last week already it would have been oh, dangerous I did Look, I, I won't two like years you. to go yet so I can't say anything Giggles it's actually more than two years to go it's three years to go it's 2021 20, it's 2021-22 20, but anyway we, we talked about that another day I won't like you I did have the money spent I had it already figured out what I was going to spend on it and I couldn't wait to get it off yet but look it's not, not not for this year not for this year anyway we go now because Sean he's starting to bang the pots and pans there he's under pressure so um, I'm not at me at all let's giggle <laughs> alright <laughs> Sean our giggles best look on Friday and we look forward to seeing the pictures and um, Sean best look on Sunday I hope you beat tip no bother. Cheers. See you, that's a good luck.